With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi again, everyone. This is Ed McGrogan here at the Tennis.com podcast, catching up with Pete Bodo uh, on a pretty slow week. I would almost contend the slowest week of the whole year, in fact, uh, in, in tennis, and that, that is saying something, but I think it's even more slow because uh, there's actually nothing going on in, in almost any other sports as well, so... You know, tennis kind of shooting itself in the foot, uh, not taking great advantage of that. With that all said, Pete, I thought it was a good time to talk about two players in the WTA who have rocketed up the rankings and infiltrated the top 10. You know, a top 10 that has been pretty stable, actually, for the past few years. Simona Halep and Eugenie Bouchard, two ladies we've heard a lot about, especially at the past two Grand Slam tournaments. Um what did you see from them there? And then we can get into a piece you wrote and maybe some forward thing. Because you saw both these two up close the past few months. Oh, yeah. Seen a lot of them, actually, as have as has anyone who's followed, you know, the, the game through some of its biggest venues. So, yeah, you know, what really uh, strikes me is the wonderful contrast between these two. It's almost like Holop is the anti-Bouchard, which is a very convenient analogy because, look, Bouchard is kind of a, a Sharapova type. She's... She's blonde. She's very pretty. She's very, very marketable. That's automatically going to make a lot of people dislike her and automatically make a lot of people just go gaga for her. So, you know, and here comes Halep, who's, you know, very different. She's a very grounded, rooted individual. She loves her homeland, Romania, etc. So there's that great contrast there. And, you know, in the games, they actually play a more similar game than you would think, given the difference in, in, in size between these two. Halep, uh, Halep is only 5'6". And uh, Bouchard is 5'10". Yet both of them play very aggressively from the baseline. So there's a nice contrast there, too. What do they do similar? We talk about contrast. I know that's actually what your piece, a lot of it, is on, is the contrast. But what do these two do? Uh, what do they do the same or, or close to it? Well, they actually both play very aggressively from the baseline. I think the fundamental difference is that Bouchard is really a first strike player. She's at her best when she's taking the first strike and then and then closing things out. Uh, Halep, by contrast, is a very aggressive baseliner too, but she's really at her best when she's got the chance to counterpunch, to create a hole and then to fill it with a big winner or a big placement. In a way, I think of Halep very much as a kind of a female Leighton Hewitt. There's a, uh, you know, speaking of that and kind of, you talk about counterpunching, there's, I think, a classic sports writer's cliche about, um, about a, when a player is a, a player's player or a, a savvy fan's player because they, for some reason, have this technical element to their game or this artistic flourish to it that takes it beyond the typical mode of, of playing in tennis or whatever sport. I think a lot about Rodwanska when, when I mention that for tennis, 
Um, and and I've, I've thought about that as, as Halep has sort of risen up the rankings and gotten a lot more attention. She, she's been given, I think, a little bit of a label as really this classic, you know, fantastic to watch player. Um, it, and I think that's in sharp contrast with Bouchard. I mean, do you agree with that assessment about Halep in particular? I agree with your fundamental assessment of her having a very, very interesting game and a little bit of a, a, a different game in a way that's really kind of hard to pin down. Another player in that ilk would be a David Nalbandian. I mean, some of these players and Hollop, this, these are the ones I'm talking about now. I think the ones you're talking about, you look at them quickly and you may not be that impressed. You know, they're hitting the ball back and forth. They're, you know, going cross court, going down the line, whatever. But then the more you look into their games and the more you kind of see them using a court, opening up space, doing interesting things on a counterattack and stuff, the more you appreciate the nuances of their game. So a lot of this is about nuance. That's certainly what I was getting at, that appreciation level, you know, for Halep in particular. Now, what I want to get into, to talk with you about this podcast, uh, because I want to take it a little bit of a different direction than, than your piece uh, which uh, will be up today. This is Tuesday if you're just listening whenever on, uh, you know, for the podcast here, of course. So I want to talk about a little bit about the future of these two. Let's start maybe with their ceiling, in your opinion, because both these two, as I said, now in the top ten. Halep, very, very high at number three. Bouchard, I believe at seven. I could be wrong. That might be eight. Uh, I'll let you correct me. Or She's uh, seven. Okay, you affirm that for me. Very good. So what I kind of want to hear from you is really what the ceiling you see for both of these two players. I mean, has do you foresee Halep as a number one and number two? You know, Bouchard, I think, obviously has some more room to go and uh, younger players. So maybe some of your thoughts on that. Well, Bouchard is two and a half years younger than Halep. I think for the future, I think I think Simone Halep is going to have to really work harder than Eugenie Bouchard for the rewards she gets. Uh, you know, we have yet to see Halep or Bouchard close the big one. It was a disaster at Wimbledon for Bouchard through no fault of her own, and for Halep, you know, in the French Open final, she played she played a terrific clay court player Maria Sharpova, no question about that. So I think going forward, Halep I think is going to have to really, really work, but she'll take her chances and she's kind of a nose to the grindstone. She's going to sort of, you know, gut it out, I think, and and, and perhaps get there. Uh, I, I must say, I think Bouchard has a lot more upside simply because she plays that first strike tennis. Look, let's get away from the blonde beauty and the you know and the girl from Romania and all other. The fact of the matter is, I think when you have a big aggressive game, when you play first strike tennis, the match is in some ways there there to be won for you against almost against anyone basically. And I think that's going to be her big advantage going forward. And she'll win more matches more easily, I think, than Halep. You know, the, there is this upcoming part of the year, the, the hard court summer going to North America. Um, I, I think about these two and I think about what they have to look forward to in that respect. And this goes just beyond a, a straight prediction or anything. But I think about Halep coming into this portion of the year. And I think for as much as she has done and, and drawn attention to herself, I think a lot of the pressure, in fact, is going to be off her a bit. She's, I think she's still going to remain in this section of the year. It's a very important tournament. Still a bit under the radar, relatively speaking. I, you know, she had so much success in clay before. I think it certainly validated that with a run to the French final. You know, backed it up at Wimbledon too. You you cannot say anything uh, negatively about her her play in these last few months. And now Bouchard, um, the pressure I think just ramps up even more on her. She is coming back to North America. She's coming to to play in Canada. In fact, at the first big tournament of the summer. 
And I think that attention is just going to be levied on her even more at the U.S. Open. She is going to be in Ash Stadium, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this is quite a, a, a telling portion of the year for both of these two, I think, uh, for, for very different reasons. And I kind of wanted your thoughts on maybe in particular what Bouchard is going to be up against. She, she's handled so much pressure before, and I think you know this is going to be ratcheted up even more. Well, I don't see it really as being a, a, a minus for her. I see the plus side more that she's going to feel like, you know, here's my chance to win. I'm comfortable on the hard courts. I'm close to my home base in Canada. This is where really most of my fans, at least for right now, are. And I got a great chance to do well here because all the conditions are in my favor as opposed to when I'm in Europe on clay. So, uh, you know, and, and I think, as you say, she's she's really handled the pressure so well. I don't see that being a problem, but you never know. You know, maybe at some point she wakes up one morning before a semi or a quarterfinal and says, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm a big deal, and I've got a lot of pressure all of a sudden. Hollop, on the other hand, I think is going to be – Hollop is such a worker, I think, that she's going to she's gonna do well. Some of these summer tournaments, I think, you know, it gets a little hot out there, a little humid. You know, there's a temptation to sort of, you know, dial back the game a little bit, maybe throw it in because, you know, the U.S. Open's coming. You don't want to spend all your energy. I think Hollop is a kind of player who's, who would be very good at taking advantage of anything you give her. Oh, so we so we see more positives from both, perhaps. I think there. And... I think so. I don't see any negatives for either of these two women just just yet. Yeah, Hollop. I, mean... I wonder a little bit about how she's going to hold up physically because she has had some niggling things here and there. Bouchard so far has been very, very, very durable. Yeah, and and, and, and you know it would be fitting if if these two stories I think persisted through the whole year like that. And um, you know it, it's going to be interesting to see both. It's going to be interesting to see how I think. You know, spe- speaking of Keynes, how Raonic does as well. He is going, you know, he's actually now into the top ten on the men's side. Um, I think has kind of taken a, a, a sizable step ahead of, I think, the pack of young players that he's been lumped with him and Dimitrov in particular. And, that, you know, that's kind of the men's side of this is, is where these two go from here. So I think, you know, as always, there are kind of stories in tennis involving, you know, the main movers and shakers, and I think these, you know, these players that are just behind them, and and we'll kind of see how this year really gets defined, you know, by this later year swing on both sides, and uh, that is where I will leave things here at the podcast because we'll have plenty to say about that. Don't want to spill all rank right now. Pete, thank you very much. My Listen- pleasure. Absolutely, listeners. Thank you very much. We'll be back next time with the Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.